Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by one-fourth of the harmony of a band with Grammys, Dove, ACM, and CMA Awards. They're out on tour near you. We welcome the Oom Papa Mau of the legendary Country Music Hall of Fame band, the Oak Ridge Boys, Richard Sturban. Well, Sean, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to talk to you personally and all your fine listeners out there, really. Thank you, Richard. Let's go beyond the mic. You left Elvis 50 years ago to join this fellowship of music. How has your life been so blessed since then? Well, you know, it was kind of an interesting time in my life. Here I was, apparently on top of the world, singing with the biggest star in the world, Elvis. You know, I was singing with the king of rock and roll. But I got a phone call. Just seemed like almost out of the clear blue from William Lee Golden of the Oak Ridge Boys. He's the guy in our group with the uh, long beard. Back then, he did not have that long beard. He was like Mr. GQ. He really was. <laughs> but he called me and he said the bass singer in the Oak Ridge Boys was leaving. And he said, the Oak Ridge Boys want to know if you will be interested in taking this job. So here I was apparently on top of the world singing with Elvis, but I had to make a decision, you know, like, what do I do? And I have to admit, at the same time, I was a big fan of the Oak Ridge Boys. I, I loved the music that they were making, and I really, really believed that the group had a great deal of potential, and I wanted to be a part of it. So I, I made it, you know, it was kind of a tough decision, but at the same time, it was not that difficult either because it's really what I wanted to do. I followed my heart. I left Elvis and I joined the Oak Ridge Boys. And that was 50 years ago here in October. And now that I look back on it 50 years ago, I probably made a pretty good decision. Yes, you there. did. When fans see an Oak Ridge Boys show, they still see the high-energy show they've always seen. Why is that so important for the band? Well, it's because of what we love doing. You know, we love getting out there, taking our music live to our fans and to our audiences. You know, it's not work. It's what we love doing. It's what we live for. And, and you know, during this pandemic, we got a taste of what it was like to not be able to do this a good year or so. What we loved doing was taken away from us, you know, and, and we missed it very, very much so. And not, I don't think we missed the uh, actual performing as much as we did the feedback that we actually get from our fans. That is so important to us. You know, now we're back doing it again. It feels so good. It really does. People are coming out in large numbers to see us, and it, it feels like old times again. And so we're, we're excited about the fact that we're out doing it. And I can speak for all the Oak Ridge boys. And I can tell you, when we come your way, we're going to do our best to make it a great night because we're finally back doing what we love doing. We plan to make it a great night. So we encourage people to come on out and spend some time with the Oak Ridge boys. Well, since you were unable to perform during it, how did the pandemic scare you? I mean, what did you do during that time and how did your mindset change? Well, first of all, I, I did not, you know, you, you think, okay, for years and years and years, we've been working a lot. It'd be nice to have some time off. And a little bit of time off is nice. I agree. But a year off is not so nice. You know, I felt like I was retired. And, 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 and I, 
I have to admit, I did not care for that feeling. He kept thinking, you know, well, it's going to be a short-term thing, but it kept getting longer and longer and longer. There was really no way of, to plan for that. But one thing we were able to do during that pandemic, you know, was, was to record a new album. You know, we were now being produced by Dave Cobb, and, and he's he's the hottest guy in Nashville right now, or certainly one of the hottest guys. Definitely. And he even even the recording studios were, were, were closed down here in Nashville. But that, that things started to open up, and he called us, and he said, you know, I think we can record now. He said, but we just have to abide by the protocols, you know, social distancing, no guests in the studio. He said, but I think that we can record an album. So during that pandemic, that was one of the good things we were able to do, to record a new project. Dave Cobb told us, he said, what I want to do is to create the feeling of four guys just kind of gathering on a front porch and just singing, just harmonizing together in a very informal way. And that's what we were able to do. We came up with some great material. You know, Dave Cobb is, first of all, a master at capturing feelings like that. And we came up with some great material, some old country songs that people will recognize that they can sing along to, some old gospel songs that people can sing along to. And Dave Cobb also has a working relationship with some of the young, hot new songwriters in town as well here in Nashville. And, and they wrote some brand new country songs for the project. So it's a nice mixture. It's a nice balance of the old and the new. But I think the most important thing is that every song on this project is very inspirational in nature. It's, it, it's the kind of material that gives us hope. You know, and the kind of stuff that we want to hear right now. So that's one of the good things. Even though the, the pandemic was difficult for all of us, that's one good thing that came out of it. We were able to record this project, Oak Ridge Boys, Front Porch Singer. And we will do, along with all of our, all of our hits, we will do some of these new songs as well on the show. Richard Sturbin from the Oak Ridge Boys joins us beyond the mic. Richard, you said crowd feedback fuels you. When did you think, hey, I can do this? And where does your love of music come from? You know, it's kind of interesting. The first singing, and I know you'll, you'll, you'll have a hard time believing this, but the first singing I ever did was as a boy soprano. And that's a fact. Shock! I was about, <laughs> yeah, I was about, <laughs> I was about six years old and I was in church. I was in Sunday school. And I remember that experience, you know, like it was yesterday. I don't remember the song I sang because that was so long ago. But I still can picture that experience in my mind of me being in front of the congregation in church, you know. And I felt impressed that day as a boy of only six years old, believe it or not, that this is what I was meant to do with my life. You know, I was meant to sing in front of people. And I kind of followed that dream, you know. And I. I had a high voice until I got into junior high school. In seventh grade, I was still singing tenor in the glee club. <laughs> but over the summer, between seventh grade and eighth grade, my voice made a drastic change. And boy, did it change. <laughs> and in an eighth grade, the choir teacher could not believe the difference. She put me in the second base section, and obviously I've been there ever since. <laughs> When you're on the road, what do you do on your downtimes? Do you have hobbies or 
what do you do to make times between each stop uh, go a little bit faster? Well, you know, I think that uh, if you ask that question to any one of the overage boys, you would get a different answer. We're all different people. We all have different personalities, and we like to do different things. You know, I, for, for, for the longest time, you know, I, I, I was a runner, and I would go out and run, and then I took my bike on the road, and I'd go out and bike. Now that I'm older, I can't really do that like I used to. But I, I am a huge baseball fan. And during the afternoon, I try to find baseball, you know, on, on television. If not, I get it on my I, – I watch a replay of a game on my iPhone or something because I just love the sport. And everybody does things in different ways. But I think, you know, one of the reasons we're still able to do this at our age is because I think we've learned how to, you know, how to pace ourselves. You know, I think as you get older, it's important to get enough rest. So while, yeah, it's good to go out and and run and and exercise, it's also important to to get some rest. And, and, And one thing that's important for me personally is to not spend a lot of time talking during the day when I have to sing at night because that really kind of wears your voice down. So, so proper diet and, you know, getting enough rest, I think that's also very, very important, especially as we get older. From the Country Music Hall of Fame band, the Oak Ridge Boys, Richard Sturban joins us beyond the mic, and it's time for the Rocky Nate. Eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. Richard, there's no pressure. I will do my best to handle this. Okay. <laughs> Favorite Elvis song? Uh, probably Burning Love. A hunk, a hunk of burning love. And it's for a little bit of a selfish reason. Why? I sang on that record. And it's the biggest record Elvis had that I was on. And so I, I have to say that for a selfish reason. But pretty much anything Elvis ever did. I, I was not like Elvis. You know, he did Everything he did was so great. What's the one thing your wife, Donna, has to have you do when you get back from the road? This sounds kind of mundane. Taking the trash out. That, that's kind of... That's kind of one of my duties that I have at home here when I, yeah. So I I gather up all the trash and take it out and put it outside for the trash man to pick it up. (laughs) Wow. That's one of the top three things people say to that question. Oh, really? Well, how about that? All right. Well, that's great. What song gives you the most joy to sing? That's the tough one right there. You know, the, the, the normal reaction is to go to Elvira. Because that's our biggest song, you know. It, it's our signature record. It's, it's the song that makes everybody happy. But on a more serious note, I think one of the highlights of an Oak Ridge Boys show is when William Lee Golden sings "Thank God for Kids." That is a special moment in our show. And you look out in the audience, and you see you see people holding hands. You see people hugging their kids. You see tears in people's eyes. You can tell the song is touching people. It's moving people. William Lee has a way of taking a lyric of a song and interpreting it and then communicating it to an audience. And you can tell he does a great job. So I I would say, thank God for kids is, is probably a highlight of an Oak Ridge Boys show. What do you want your legacy to be? Well, I think not just me personally. But I think all of the Oak Ridge boys, we want to be an act that can say that our music affected the industry. You know, it, we made a contribution to the music business. 
but more so than that. And now that we're older, we're seeing more and more of this. I think we want to be known as an act that actually helped people with our music. You know, when we get out on stage every night and we look out in the audience, we have no idea what people are going through. You know, people are going through difficult times in this day and age. They're going through marital problems, financial problems, you know, uh, maybe health issues. You know, the list goes on and on and on. And, and we have no idea of knowing that. They just may have lost a loved one. You know, so many difficult things. And if we can sing songs that will reach these people and help them and lift them up, I think we've made a real contribution. And that, that's, I think, how we would like to be remembered. And that's how I personally would like to be remembered as well. Richard, what's the best gift you ever got from your kids? Ooh, now that's a good question right there. You know, I, I'm a big baseball fan. And every Christmas and every birthday and every Father's Day even, I get something that has to do with baseball, the jersey, a cap. So it, it would have to be some sort of baseball line. Do you ever get seasick? Oh, yes, I have. I have been seasick. <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> and, you well, know, you're always doing those cruises. Well, well let me, you're opening up a great chance for me to promote the fact that once again this coming year, the Oak Ridge Boys are going to be on the country music cruise. And, you know, I don't, I've never really gotten seasick on one of those cruises, but I can recall being on stage trying to perform and, and the stage is moving, you know, because the boat is moving. <laughs> <laughs> so it, that's a little bit, but I've, I've been fortunate that I never actually got sick. But years ago, when I went uh, off the coast of New Jersey, I, I would go deep sea, deep sea fishing with my father. And yes, I did get sick a few times. <laughs> Who's your favorite baseball player of all time? Ooh, now that that I could give you a number of answers right there. Oh, uh, wow. Of all time, I would have to say Roger Maris. Uh, or, or a close second, a very close second, Mickey Mantle. What's the best place in New Jersey, just to think? I would have to say a place called Ocean City, New Jersey, right on the New Jersey seashore. First of all, New Jersey seashore is, is one of my favorite places that exists anywhere, and I just love him being there. So I have to say Ocean City, New Jersey. If you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like. And subscribe on the Good Pods app. It's time for the back half with the Oom Papa Mau Mau of Richard Sturban from the Oak Ridge Boys Beyond the Mic. Richard, what's the one moment when you were happiest on tour? Ooh, now that's a tough one. Oh, once again, because we've had so many great moments. You know, I remember many years. This I remember many years ago singing at the Congressional Barbecue on the lawn of the White House. We were invited by Ronald Reagan, who was president then. He invited us to sing at the Congressional Barbecue. And I remember that afternoon, we were on the stage doing, they set up there on the lawn of the White House. We were doing a sound check, doing a rehearsal, basically. 
And I remember looking around at the White House, the beautiful green grass, and all the surroundings there. And I was thinking in my mind, you know, this is not going to be a normal day. And it certainly was not. While we were rehearsing, this little group of people came walking across the lawn of the White House. This tall gentleman in the middle came up on stage, and he came up to us, and he introduced himself as Vice President George Bush. He did not have to do that. We recognized him immediately. Of course we did. And, and he said, fellas, I, I am a big fan. He said, and I cannot be at the show tonight because I have to fly somewhere on some vice presidential business. So he said, would you guys be willing to do a, a couple of songs for me right here, right now? And, we, and, and so we said, sure, Mr. Vice President, what would you like to hear? And then we realized he was really telling us the truth, that he was a big fan. Because he did not name hits. He named album cuts, <laughs> deep cuts. So, so, so we knew he was familiar with our music. And right there on the, on, that, on the lawn of that White House that afternoon, we gave him a mini concert, and we established a friendship with him that lasted until he passed away just a few years ago. Wow. We got to know him very well and his wonderful wife, Barbara. You know, we're not talking about politics here. Yes. We're talking about, fr- we're talking about friendship. And that's what's important. Exactly. But we sang for him many times. Went to Kenny Bunkport with our wives and hung out. Went fishing with him. You know, it was a great, great, great friendship. And we always sang for him. We had to sing in his living room there, right, right there in Kenny Bunkport. And he he always invited the neighbors over. You know, and of course, and it was a special time. But one thing that was very common every time we performed for President Bush, he had to hear his favorite song, which was Amazing Grace. Not too long before he died, he asked us if we would sing Amazing Grace at his funeral. And we said, sure, Mr. President, you can count on us. But, you know, we had no idea that we were going to be in Spokane, Washington, of all places. (laughs) And we're doing our Christmas show. After we did our Christmas show, we went directly to the airport, got on a private jet that was donated to us by a very dear friend, flew all night, got to Houston, sang at President Bush's funeral. We sang Amazing Grace, which was a very, very uh, emotional experience, to say the least. We got on the private jet after the funeral, flew back to a place called Kennewick, Washington, did another Christmas show. We did not miss a date, but the most important thing is that we kept our promise to President Bush. He always taught us to do the right thing, and we, we really believed that was the right thing to do, so we were, we were able to keep our promise. And But it all went back to that day on the lawn of the White House when we met him. It was a very special time. Being on tour for 50 years, it could be routine or mundane, but every time you hit the stage, it becomes fresh. It has to because your love of the music. How has music touched your soul? Well, you know, I think it's a, first of all, I think it's a God-given gift. God has given all four of the older boys a talent, and we feel like it's important to take that talent and use it 
to the best of our ability. And that's what we try to do. You know, we just love doing what we do for a living. We've been given a gift to be able to sing in front of people and perform. We've been doing it for many, many, many years. And And let me say this right here, right now. We do not plan to retire. You know, I think we have to be realistic. We have to, you know, we're not kids any longer. And uh, and we don't have that many more years. I think we all will agree to that. But we're going to keep doing this as long as we can do it because we love doing Because that's a gift from the, from the good Lord above. And so until he tells us that it's time to hang it up, we're going to keep doing it because it's really, really what we love doing. What do you have to tell singers and songwriters who dream one day to just be like you? Well, I think... I think the most, the best advice that I could give to a young singer or young songwriter is to, first of all, you have to make a decision in your life. And this, this probably includes anything that you, you would want to do in life. Not even the music business, just the music business. If you want to be a carpenter or a plumber or whatever, you know, you got to decide that's what you want to do. And then to be the best that you can do, possibly be at what you want to do. So if you want to be a singer, if you want to be a songwriter, then I think you have to write songs. If you're a singer or musician, you have to work on your craft. Become the best that you can possibly be and perform at every chance that you can get because you never realize or never will know when somebody important is listening, when you can get that break in your career. So so I think being the best that you can possibly be every time out there is probably the best advice that I could give any young person. It's time for one big question with Richard Sturban from the Oak Ridge Boys Beyond the Mic. Richard, how has Nashville changed for the better? And how has Nashville changed for the worse? Well, I think Nashville has become, and when I first moved here, we had one tall building in town. It's called the, the LNC Tower, Life and Casualty Insurance and Government. And now that is one of the smaller buildings in town. <laughs> we have we 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 have a skyline. We we have skyscrapers all over the place. So Nashville has grown over the years. It's become a major, major, major city. The biggest downfall that I can think of is the traffic. You know, it's not New York City yet or Los Angeles, but it seems like a lot of days. We're heading in that direction, so so that's that's probably the biggest downfall. And then there's so much along with growth, along with the you know along with crime. That's the, you know crime is growing. A lot of bad things. A lot of good things have happened with growth as well. You know we now have NFL football here. You know we have AAA baseball. You know, we have a great college baseball team here in Vanderbilt. You know and and probably some of the best restaurants in the country right now here in Nashville. There's good and bad, and probably the best thing that I can think of about the city of Nashville is is the Grand Old Opry, which the Oak Ridge Boys are members of, and the Country Music Hall of Fame. You can go into that rotunda and walk around. It, it'll give you goosebumps. It's a special place. And you'll see the four faces of the Oak Ridge Boys in bronze on the wall. You look around, you'll see Elvis, You'll see Johnny Cash. You'll see Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers. You know, the list goes on and on. So for the Oak Ridge Boys to be a part of the Grand Old Opry, 
and the Country Music Hall of Fame is so special, it's really beyond words. What's one story that you haven't told before, but it's important for you to tell before you leave? We have a lot of people that have affected our lives over the years. Right at the top of that list has to be Johnny Cash. You know, I already mentioned earlier in the interview that I used to sing with Elvis. He, he was probably the most special person I think I've ever been around. But Johnny Cash is right there. And I remember years ago, we were working with Johnny Cash, playing in Las Vegas. Johnny t- kind of took us under his wing and booked us on dates. I mean, his wonderful wife, June Carter, they, they, they treated us so well. Wow. And I remember one, and, and we were playing in Las Vegas with Johnny Cash. We had no other dates booked. We had no idea of how we were going to keep our group together. And our heads were kind of hanging, to be very honest. Here we are playing in, in Las Vegas with all the bright lights. But we, we were worried. We really were. And I think Johnny Cash could sense that. And it was like a week-long engagement. So one of those days during that week, he called all of us. And he said, fellas, I want you guys to come to my room. Yeah, I want to talk to you. We all went up to Johnny Cash's room. And he said, fellas, I can tell you that your heads are hanging. He said, you're worried about your future. But I can also listen to you guys. And I can tell there's something very special about the four of you. He says, and if you guys give up now, no one will ever know that. He says, I know it, you guys know it, but no one else will ever never." ever know that he says and you will never realize your dreams he says what i want you to do is try to find a way to keep together he said i will help you the best i can and he always gave us he always paid us more money than we were worth we would sign a contract with him and he always he would always give us more money but than what the contract called for that's the kind of person he was he said i will help you all i can but it's still up to you guys to do it. To make a long story short, I, we walked out of that room that day because Johnny Cash said, if you do that, he says, I promise you, good things are about to start happening and you guys will make it. And so I remember walking out of that room, the four of us, instead of our heads hanging, we said, wow, if Johnny Cash thinks we can make it, we are going to make it. And sure enough, Sure enough, just a short time after that, we met Jim Halsey, who became our manager. He is still our manager today. He signed us to our first recording contract, which was ABC Dog Records. He acquired Ron Chansey to be our producer. We started having hit records. This story could go on and on and on. But we started having hit records, and we finally won our first CMA Award for Vocal Group of the Year. And I remember when we won that award, we ran up on stage to get our award. But instead of going to stage left to receive our award, we went to stage right where Johnny Cash was standing because he was hosting the show. And he hugged all of us. And he said, fellas, see, and he had that big booming voice. He said, fellas, see, I told you so. Outstanding. So I don't think there would be an Oak Ridge Boys today if it wasn't for Johnny Cash and for his inspiration that he gave all four of us. Richard, what do you have to tell your fans? 
just that we love doing what we do. I think we want to help you with our music. If you're having a difficult time, listen to Oak Ridge Boys songs. You know, we have done our best to pick out material that is very positive in nature, that contains messages that help people. So listen, if you're going through a difficult time, listen to Oak Ridge Boys music. And I hope that it helps you. He sang as a tenor in Glee Club, loves burning love from Elvis, and enjoys watching baseball no matter where it is. Richard Sturman from the Oak Ridge Boys, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. And thank you for helping you know, promote the Oak Ridge Boys. When you do that, you help us, and we appreciate it. Thank you so much. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic.